Hey everybody, welcome to Coffee Time at the Water's Edge. We are here with Dr. Stephen Roby and Larry Ebinger. Larry is one of our other lay elders, and as I think you would say, the eldest elder? I'm the eldest elder, yes. Yep. Halfway to 156. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> I've earned it. Yes, yes. And he is also, as you can probably tell by his t-shirt, he is one of our gurus of the food pantry. So thank you, Larry, for everything that you guys do out there. Well, thank you. Actually, I got a break because we're doing it during the food pantry. So this is, this is great. <laughs> Get to come it's great, given, for a it's great bit. given the topic that we're going to discuss today. Oh, yes. yes. He's working during his retirement, right? Yes. Now. Yes. So... As you probably know from Steve, what Steve just said, topic for the day, we are going to be talking about retirement and is it biblical or not? And if so, what is it kind of like? But before we get into our topic, Steve, what coffee are we drinking? Yes, this is a gift to me from some great friends here at the church, the Dickinsons. They did a trip down to the Outer Banks. We usually go down there every year together. Um, we weren't able to go this year, so they went to a different part of the Outer Banks called Manio. And Manio has a locally roasted um, coffee company, oh, that ser- a coffee company that serves locally roasted beans um, called Karis, or Karis, um, which is a Greek word meaning grace. So it's a Christian-owned, Christian-operated uh, coffee shop there in Manio. This is the Outer Banks blend. It's a medium roast, and I'm pretty stoked. I haven't had it in this form. We've been using it in our espresso machine. Yeah. And so it's been pretty good. All right. Well, let's give it a try. Larry does not drink coffee. We will not force him to. <laughs> yes, uh, I tell people I'm sanctified. <laughs> Can't be a Christian and drink coffee. I like that. I like that. I can tell it's normally used for espresso, though. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. All right, gentlemen. So today we are going to be talking about retirement. And I thought this would be, I think it's kind of fitting also, considering this is now a week after uh, our Labor Day. Labor Day. So I thought this would be a good topic for us today. So, Steve, what is your thoughts on Genesis three seventeen <laughs> about toiling and yes. thorns? I was trying to think, what is there? That's the fall. It's the curse of man. Yes. Um, yes. Well, I think God God required work before the fall. Yeah. And so work is not a consequence of the fall. The futility of work is, and the frustration associated with it right. is sometimes, or is associated with the fall. Right. However, work is is pre-fall good. You know, subdue the earth, fill it, multiply, um, exercise dominion over creation. So, work is is a is a good thing. Uh, right. The futility of work, the frustration, vexation, is a result of the fall biblically. Okay. Oh, I guess I forgot to tell him the rules, didn't yeah, I? Cardinal yeah, cardinal sin, <laughs> cell phone ringing. Larry's yeah. phone goes off all day long. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a busy man. <laughs> so, Larry, what are your thoughts on working continuously? You mean since I've retired? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask it this way, because you, you, you said you retired rather early. Yes, I did. Yep. 
Now, but what did you do with that time? I think is the big difference. Well, the first thing I did when I retired is I started doing Bible studies. And I did three or four of those. And uh, that was very, very great because I could spend a lot of time in the Bible. And they were very good. And yeah. so that's one thing you can consider when you retire. Right. Now, did you, but you also, I, I, I actually, I, I love Larry. I really do because I think, Larry, I don't know if anybody's told you this, but to me, you are a bright example of what it means to be a churchman. You know what I mean? To, to really serve in the local church. And I think that's something that a lot of people who are retired don't really think about too much. And they have an opportunity, I think, to do something with their time. I know, Steve, you and I had talked about that a little bit on Sunday. <clears throat> what are your thoughts? Upon what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so you're, you're right. Larry, I, I often refer to Larry as the full-time unemployed. Un- paid employee of Watershed's <laughs> church. He, he commits so much time to serving the church. Um, he's a good shepherd, right? So he, in exercising oversight, um, but also just getting things done with his hands. Um, he's very gifted in a lot of ways and is a good example in a lot of ways of how not to waste your life at the end of your days. But I also think in at the same time is a good example of still enjoying life. Like he, he and Peggy travel. Um, they're They're able to do um, a whole lot of, you know, uh, I guess recreation. They're able to enjoy retirement and at the same time not waste his right. time. And so it's it's admirable to me because when you when you ask the question, is retirement biblical? I think the question that anytime we ask is something biblical, we're asking what does the Bible say about it, right. or is does the Bible support this? Not support this? The Bible doesn't really speak to the American dream of, you know get a good job or go to college, get a good job, get a house, have a nice family, retire around age 60 to 65, and then live out the last 20 plus years, however long you have, just enjoying life and seeking pleasure. We, we tend to associate retirement with, with pleasure and just doing, you know, all of, much of just anything that brings right. us enjoyment. Um, but yet the Bible doesn't really have a category for that. There's not, there's not the example of, you know, being relinquished from working in in scripture and so how that's not to say that retirement is unbiblical like we certainly don't expect people to work vocationally all the days of their life however how do we spend that last you say you retire at 60 plus how do you in life expectancies high 70s 80 how do you going to spend that last 20 years of your life Right. Like, what do you want the last chapter of your life to look like before you meet the creator of the universe? Um, and I think if it's solely spent playing golf, you've probably wasted it. I mean, truly. Yeah. That's how a lot of people view it. Not not that that's a bad thing. You certainly can do that, right? You can play golf. I mean, if Larry liked to play golf, I'm sure that he would. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not going to stop the the service offered to the Lord that's just a regular part of who he is as a Christian. Yeah. Now, I think that one of the things that I look at is how oftentimes we have this vision of almost a, some people, I mean, myself included in this, is like almost like this monastic view of retirement also, you know, I'm going to have a log cabin up in the woods, Go go off the grid, hunt, fish, you know, people sometimes get that kind of view also. And I look at it and I'm going, I started thinking to myself, especially as, I mean, 
we just came back from my mom and dad's 60th wedding anniversary. And while we were there, I started thinking about a lot of these things. You know, what am I going to do when I retire? And of course you get those kinds of thoughts. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I look at guys like Larry and I go, but then I'm not serving the church. I'm not serving. You're serving the Lord. Right. Right. right or serving the Lord. I, I'm, I'm not doing that by sheltering myself up in a log cabin and hunting and fishing all the time. And that's it. So, yeah. So I, I think there's, there's something to that. I think that we do need to look at how we are planning on finishing out at the end of our days. So Larry, have you guys, I don't mean, did you have something? I didn't want to cut you off. No, I'm fine. Have you guys ever watched, um, John Piper's sea shell sermon? It's the most, like one of the most famous sermons of of my lifetime, for sure, without a doubt. Um, He preached it at the fourth Passion Conference. I think it was like 23 years. I think the year 2000 um, is when he preached it. I I didn't. I heard that. I wasn't a Christian at the time. I heard that sermon probably in 2006-ish, 2005 maybe, um, as a young believer. And it, it, it completely rocked my world. It's one of the most compelling sermons that I've ever listened to. And he tells this illustration at the beginning about how we, he talks about retirement, like how we spend, you know, our days. And he starts out with this story of two women in his church who just three weeks prior to that died in the mission field. These women were in their eighties or close to 80. One was a nurse, one was a medical doctor. And they decided that around age 80, they were going to go to Cameroon and minister to the sick and to the poor in one of the hardest places. And brakes gave out in the car. They drove over a cliff. And he asks 40, there was 40,000 people in attendance. It's an outdoor <clears throat> college conference, all 18 right. to 25-year-olds. And he says, I ask you, is this a tragedy? And then he contrasts that story with an article from Reader's Digest. And in this article from Reader's Digest, it tells the story of a couple who retired in their 50s, early retirement, they're living in Punta Gorda, Florida, um, collecting seashells all of their days. Like, and it just it goes on and on about this article. And then he just gets ramped up and he says, that's a tragedy, right? He is like, uh, so he just draws this sharp contrast. And he says, there's, there's, there's people spending billions of dollars to get you to buy it. And he talks about the American dream, how so, so many of us live and work just so we can retire young and seek pleasurable things in our life. Right. And, and, he, and kind of the crescendo is, is when he says, you know, he's, talk, he's talking about spending the last days of our life, this last chapter before we meet the creator of the universe to give an account of our lives. And then he kind of comically, but very passionately and, and like seriously says, look, God, my shell collection. <laughs> And look at my boat, God. Yeah. Look at my boat. You know, and, and you can just see like the tenor in the in the crowd kind of change. And um, man, that impacted me so much because it made me think like, yeah, I still. I mean, I I came here with the intention. You know, I'd love to pastor this church for thirty years, retire from vocational ministry. You know, in my early sixties, um, and then I didn't really have a plan for the rest of that time. But I'm now I'm like, well, how do I spend? you know, that the Lord grants me longer days. How am I going to serve? How am I going right. to, how am I going to honor him in that latter part of my life? And I don't think people give enough thought to that. I think people think primarily, you know, what, 
all the stuff that they're going to get to do in terms of seeking own pleasure. Well, it becomes it becomes mm-hmm. selfish in a way. Yeah, well, Steve, one of the things that uh, people don't necessarily think about is when you're employed in the world, you don't have as much time to give to God. You've got to provide for your family, your children. College is expensive. Cars and houses are expensive. Food's expensive. But once you retire, then you have more time to spend with the church. And I think people don't realize that as often as they could. There's some studies done, too, like aimed at seeing if whether or not there's a correlation between like early retirement and and earlier mortality. In, in other words, people there there is a proposition that if people retire, that they'll actually die earlier. Um, part of that may be for health reasons; they become inactive. Um, oh yeah. It, there, I mean, there, I don't know what it's proven or not. I just know that there's there was some researchers trying to draw correlations to that by doing studies. Well, when my dad retired, he said he did not want to sit in a rocking chair and rock. So he became the uh, assistant coach for uh, the college baseball team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I look at my dad when he retired from the coal mine. He retired from the coal mine and started working on heavy farm machinery for the local farmers. Just hey, hey, I saw that thing's broken. Want me to fix it? (laughs) And now, and then he started going to where he was operating their machinery out in the fields for him during harvest season and planting season and and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that when you see, when people retire, and I see this a lot in 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 the shipyard. I work in a shipyard and you'll see guys who retire from the shipyard, start drawing their pension and then come back to work for the shipyard as consultants. You know, I, <laughs> I always find it interesting. People get bored. Yeah. And they, they want something meaningful to do with their time, too. Right. It's not just, I, I think it, it certainly sounds desirable. Like, if you tell me that I could just have endless time to just go surfing <laughs> or, or just do something <laughs> that you like, whatever it is that you like yeah. to do, like, that just sounds so great and until you're doing it. And then you realize, like, oh, there's there's something more to life on this earth. I want to do something with meaning and with purpose. And I think when that's stripped away from people, especially if your identity is wrapped up in your work that you've done for 30 years at a company or somewhere, right? Then all of a sudden you don't even know who you are anymore. And you, you, you find yourself floundering um, and then yeah. paralyzed in a sense, because then you become inactive and yeah. health, mean, health wanes. And I mean, I kind of went through that just leaving the military because you become so institutionalized to the, to the, either the military or your employment that when it goes away, think you feel kind of lost for a little bit um I, you know so i i think that that is something also that um people don't really think about is where they place their identity i mean and that's something that i really had to think about when i left the navy was where am i actually placing my identity um because i realized at the time that i was not placing enough of my identity in christ at that point mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is something to think about with that. And when you do get close to retirement age and you are leaving something, you know, leaving an employer behind that if, if that was your sole identity and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then your identity may have been slightly misplaced. So. Yeah, without a doubt. So I was thinking like, what, what does the Bible actually say about any of this? And there's, there's a couple rabbit holes that we could probably go down, but 
you had mentioned uh, in sort of just a pre-conversation before we started recording that in in the Bible, as we age, particularly widows, right? If if right. If, if your spouse dies, the, the husband who's the provider in in those days, and the widow would essentially be left like behind with not a lot of care, right? They didn't have social security, they didn't have these systems in place, right? And so children biblically are responsible to care for their parents in those latter years. And then you also see, my family and I, we're reading Second Corinthians right now in the evenings, and we just came across a verse the other day where Paul is talking about not being a burden to the church, and he compares himself to like a father to his children. And he says, it's not the children that save up for their parents. They're not obligated to do that. He says, but rather the parents for the children, meaning like there is wisdom in, in saving up for those last years. But that should benefit your family, who is charged biblically to care for you in those latter years. And and now we live in a day where, you know, we we stick people in retirement homes. And man, that's there's so, there, that's why that's the rabbit hole that I'm talking about is <laughs> getting into retirement facilities and assisted living. Some of it's very necessary, but there's I'm sure there's tons of cases where they'd be better off with their family. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I, I think that gets into that whole thing of, you know, when, when you put somebody in a situation like that where they could come, I think death would come a lot faster in those kinds of situations when you are apart from your family. I just don't think that, that it's, I mean, granted, I know God has a, a, a day appointed for all of us, right? But I just I just think that there's a, there is a care thing that needs to happen. And that like there again, being at my parents' house, you know, in, in Indiana, they're in their eighties. And I, and I keep thinking about that. I think, well, you know, what would happen if dad died or if mom died, you know, what, what, you know, and I, I know right now with us caring for our grandkids, we don't have the house for it at the moment. And so it's just kind of one of those things, well, what do you do? You know I mean? Would that mean that we would need to sell our house and find a new home? I mean, th- those are things that I'd have to prepare for. You know, so yeah, and to be clear, I didn't say that to guilt trip people. If your if your parents are in a nursing home, sometimes it yeah, is a, yeah. that is the right decision. And, yes, and we're blessed yes. to have facilities like that that can care for people. Um, we're just, I'm just talking about what the Bible specifically says that that wasn't even a thing. Well, even if they're even if they're monetarily help, you know, paying for that, you know, what I mean, there there is still a form of care that is given. So that is something to think about. And then I jokingly said that in numbers chapter 8 there is an admonishment to the levites who were the tribe of israel that was designated with serving the tabernacle you know, um, in terms of all of its furnishings carrying out the worship of of yahweh and it says in numbers 8 that these are to be men from the age 25 to 50 <laughs> And after 50, they retire. It doesn't say retire, but they're they're released from their service. So I'm in my last decade of service, according if, if Larry, we he were thinks he's going to retire at 50. <laughs> Fat chance. <laughs> no, that was a joke. But, and then, but the, even then, they were to continue assisting or helping those. Right. And so there's something to that, though. If you think about like older men and older women in the Bible are charged with, in, in Titus 2, with teaching younger men. Right. teaching younger women. So we never age out or retire from serving the Lord in meaningful ways. 
making disciples, like the well, very thing we're supposed to be about. Yeah, you oftentimes will see a pastor that retires become a a pastor of, you know, and they have some, they'll give them some form of like, a lot of times they'll do a lot more with the people their own age. Visitation, and visitation or like a seniors ministry. Seniors ministry yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So. so and mentoring a pastor of pastors, mentoring others. Yeah. Like because you have so much more time for it. And as Larry right. was, was talking about, I, w- I want to ask you, Larry, like what would you, you know, and this is kind of putting you on the spot, but like advice that you would give um, someone who is, you know, approaching retirement. Is there anything that comes to your mind that you would you would share with them? Yeah. Well, first I would back up a few years because most people don't plan very well for retirement. Okay. That's uh, true. And uh, if you just take 15% of your income and put it into retirement fund, from the very beginning, you won't have to worry about retirement. There's virtually nothing, virtually nothing that can prevent you from retiring well. Yeah. Uh, we've uh, Peggy and I Peggy and my wife by the way for those who don't know my favorite wife anyway <laughs> anyway his first uh, wife my first his wife. favorite wife yes <laughs> all the same <laughs> but anyway we decided you know fairly early on to do the retirement thing to save money and now I have no need for additional money uh, Another thing is, if you can do it, wait till you're 70 to get Social Security. You get more. You can do more with it. Uh, another thing we did was we uh, always tithe on the gross. And so I know I don't know tithe now. Mm-hmm. It's already been tithed, but I still tithe, I still give a lot of money to the church. Okay, but I can do that out of, of my abundance. I don't have to do it out of. I don't have to scrape the bottom of the barrel to. to, to to give to the church. They're, and and they're, so if, if you're getting yeah. ready to retire, get your act together ahead of time, okay? And uh, I know we uh, in the year 2002 or something, we had a new house built for us. And we thought that a 40-year mortgage was stupid. And we thought a 20-year mortgage was stupid. So we got a 15-year mortgage and paid it off at about eight. Mm-hmm. Because why, why pay that? interest when you can pay yourself later yeah so you're i want to be careful just because you know your wife is a a medical doctor so not everybody that's generates that kind of income to do all the things that you guys have done but the the wisdom in which you guys employed early on that is a principle that anybody can follow right um so you're now if you if you follow the dave ramsey like baby steps you guys are affectionately for many years being in step seven which is live and give like no one else um, and, and you guys certainly do that. You travel, but yet you serve faithfully and passionately the Lord's Church and have been so generous to so many people. I always say, if like when, when Jesus talks about doing stuff in secret, only because I've been privy to a little bit of what Larry does in secret, people would be mind-blown about how much they know that this guy does behind the scenes. Well, you lived our house for a few yeah, months. So that's, that made me a little more privy to, to, to some of it. But yeah, we and my family lived with him for six months yeah. um, before we purchased a home in Virginia Beach. And so we, I know we've been blessed by your guys' generosity. 
and I think that um, many others have as well, for sure. Yeah. But the principles that you're talking about, so you would say start preparing. Right. Early. Well, see, the 15% is much bigger for us than it would be for somebody else. And so it doesn't matter how much you make. If 15%, that's proportional. Proportional, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I have to admit that when I was in the Navy, I didn't do a very good job. We started out not doing a very good job. So we're not... Yeah, we're not perfect. And uh, but there is there is the capability of making or playing catch up if you're willing to put in the the money into your retirement. Um, I know, for example, me, I, I am the, you know, plus one percent every year uh, goes into my retirement. And I didn't realize how much I was putting into my retirement until uh, I got my last pay stub. And I was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> like like uh, my my actual take home has not actually gone up in eight years because I continuously add to my, to my retirement. And yeah, now I'm at a place where when I got, it was like the first time I think I ever got my, my, my monthly statement that said basically that everything was in the green for the first time for me, as far as retiring and being able to retire well or well enough anyways. And and I was like, wow, I've, I finally got to a point where I'm going to be able to retire, but it took some, took some work getting that caught up. Delayed gratification. I don't think we meant to turn this into a financial class, (laughs) Um, but it is helpful to note like there, you know, we, we've often taught and you've taught many financial seminars. you you have some of your own teaching that you do. Um, You've walked the church through some Dave Ramsey stuff in the past, the baby steps and and man, it just works. It works when you use common sense and you apply it. And everything's proportional, right? So it's, it's it's not you don't have to be extremely wealthy. You don't have to have a six figure income to do these steps. You you know you live within your means and you follow these steps, which does include by the time you get to baby step four. So Dave teaches seven baby steps, real quick. It's like save a thousand dollars for an emergency fund just to start. Step two is get out of all consumer debt. That is any debt that is non mortgage debt. Step three is you expand that emergency fund that started as a thousand in step one to three to six months of your living expenses. Step four, you start giving to your retirement. He encourages 15%. Step five is uh, 529 accounts or uh, children's college if you have kids. Um, Step six is pay off your mortgage early. So you can do four, five, and six together as you can. And then step seven is once your mortgage is paid off, you have no other debt, and you live and give like no one else, and you can right. you can live radically generous lives there, and it's incredible. Um, yeah. to, to that that's a fun stage that that Lord willing. Well, you, know, one day. you know, one thing that's just fun in, in our life is we don't even could we don't even consider what we're giving. It's all it's set up with the bank. It just goes out. I don't have to worry about writing a check or remembering to do something. It just goes. And it's such a blessing just to know that it had been taken care of that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So on retirement, one of the other questions that I was going to, that I was thinking about, and I know where this is getting a little bit away from the financial side a little bit, but when it comes to, and I know we brought up a little bit of, of children taking care of, or, you know, children taking care of your widows mostly. Because, like I said, in Genesis three seventeen, men will be toiling till the end of their days. <laughs> but <clears throat> what can we say to people who have parents that are getting close to 
an elderly age, um, because I think that's something that the, that the younger people need to think about also is what, what can we say to them as far as preparing? Because, you know, as, as, as much as we say that we should prepare for retirement and like you talked about earlier, saving up so that you have money left over for your kids. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that aren't in that situation. You know, there's a lot of people who are retiring who are, or getting to the elderly age and they don't have anything left. So, so now what? You know, cause there's no, there's no way to recoup that, that quickly. Right. So, so for those, for the children of parents that are like that, now what? Yeah. I mean, I can speak to that a little bit. My mom, my dad died in his fifties and my mom was 49 years old. She was widowed. She didn't earn enough income to continue living where she was living. It was too much work, too much for her to, to do on her own. Um, and she wasn't going to be able to draw a widow's pension or his social security or anything till she got in her sixties. Uh, so what, what we did, I know it, it, all, all these are circumstantial, right? right? So this could, there's so many possibilities here. Um, but for us, we were in a position to be able to help her. Um, my sister, uh, would, would also be willing to help her. Um, we moved to Virginia beach and we moved her into our house in Ohio. Um, we've since paid that house off. Um, and she lives there basically paying the taxes and the renter's insurance and just a little bit more, but well under what she, it would cost her to live in uh, any other rental place or home of her own. So that's one way we've, we've really helped her. Ultimately, I want her to, I'd rather sell the house and have her move in with us or same thing. My sister would certainly have her live with, with them. Um, but we, we, my sister and I both are committed to making sure she's cared for however that looks, yeah. um, whatever she desires and whatever's best for her, you know, we'd, we'd be willing to do. Yeah. That'd be a long move for my parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, her other family's there. That's what's kept her from, yeah. from the beach, but I would, I, I think she would do well here. Yeah. Thoughts, Larry? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you have anything else that you guys would like to discuss on this topic? Uh, so I met recently um, with a former attender at Water's Edge who was uh, recently, in the last few years, finished up law school. And he works now. He's changing firms, and he's going to be working for an estate planning okay. group and doing that. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in planning for even what happens with everything after you move on, um, yeah. after you pass away. And so a final thought for me is just I want to, I want to expend the days that the Lord has given me on this earth. I want to glorify him with, with the time that he gives me. That doesn't have to be vocational ministry. I I imagine I will retire from preaching every Sunday eventually, um, and I hope to coach other pastors. I hope to continue discipling men, young men, and I don't ever plan on retiring from that. Like I want to be able to do that until I breathe my last. I would rather meet the Lord face to face after expending that kind of energy with the time He's given me than just you know seeking my own pleasure in those last days. 
But I will surf a lot <laughs> and, and enjoy it. Yeah. But, but you you want to glorify him daily with, with all your. And because you longboard, you can do that well into your later oh, yeah. age. That's, that's the, I want to be those old guys at the jetty, man, that are out there tearing it up in their 60s and 70s and for sure. Yeah. Larry, final thoughts? No, uh, retirement is something that you should look forward to. I mean, this is not, some people get so wrapped up in their work that they don't think about retirement. And good plans, although they may change, okay, you ought to plan for retirement. Yeah. Your retirement probably won't be what you think it's going to be, but if you plan ahead, it'll, be, it'll work out just fine. Yeah. Amen. All right, gentlemen, everybody's heart's clear on this topic. Sure. Yep. Heart's clear. All right. Larry, it's so good having you on here. <laughs> yes, it well, is. Thanks for putting me in the air conditioning for a few minutes. Yeah. So. <laughs> that is very true. Now I'm get sure. back to work <laughs> in your retirement. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Everybody, thank you for joining us. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you like, subscribe, and click that bell so you know when we release new episodes. If you were, yes, ding. And if you are listening to this on Apple Podcast, make sure you give us a review. Uh, five stars does help us push through the algorithm more, and more people will get this message out to them. Also, now Spotify does have reviews also, so you can click the stars on Spotify as well. And I think that's all we got. So. God bless. We love you all and see you next week. Peace out.